Welcome to We Do, the officially unofficial podcast for Watchmen on HBO. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we are a podcast. That's all I've got this week. Mm -hmm. uh, we just watched season one, episode three. It's titled, She Was Killed by Space Junk. She almost was at the end of this episode. Uh, what'd you think of this one? Uh... I mean, it's really entertaining and it's audacious mm -hmm. and it's just watching uh, Damon Lindelof talk a lot of narrative shit <laughs> that he's going to have to back up later on in the season. I, I think he is, but like, uh, I, I thought Lori was such a contradiction. Like, so, like I, I, I didn't know what to expect and I was kind of primed for that in the PD files. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, uh, the PD himself stepped forward in this episode. And Lori slept with him. Uh, I mean, I. It's crazy to think she's a former vigilante. She's shooting vigilantes. It's highly implied that she doesn't care if she murders them or not. Mm -hmm. She's like very flip, and she's clearly anti-cop vigilante, but she's not particularly upset at them violating people's rights. Uh, dead Don Johnson took a grenade. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, more than a grenade. He took a fucking couple bricks of C4. There's there's, there's blue telephone booths where you can just send an existential mm -hmm. message to Dr. Manhattan on Mars. Yep. Uh, they imply that we've mastered faster than light communication. All, all of this shit <laughs> is, is layering on top of some shit. And you haven't even talked about the Aussie I, I, was, going, I like, was just about to say, we haven't yeah. even turned the corner to the true bizarre. Uh, it's, it's crazy how many layers this is. Uh, slathering on of just kind of insane weird shit and i'm i'm a little worried about it because you, you like, would be insane not to be it's like confronted with uh the existence of a blue god uh you, you feel a, a, a sort of reverent uh, awe fall over you when you see someone working yeah. this far up without a net you know like absolutely Oh, and man. and I, I, I think back to Lost and I think sure. back to Leftovers yeah. and I'm like, okay, how weird did those shows get? Pretty fucking Lost weird got fucking times. weird. But I think when it got really weird, people started to go, ooh, I don't know about this, Mr. Lindelof. There's Mr. going Hughes. to be a lot of people saying that, I think, this week. I, I think so, yeah. Because mm -hmm. it, it's my recollection that The Leftovers was not this weird mm. and that it got weird. It got, if it ever approached this weird, it got weird over the course of three seasons with 10 know. episodes each. And now we're, well, the last one was shorter. There was like but moaning. We're talking about nine episodes. There was like moaning season. stained glass windows in episode three of The Leftovers. It, it got pretty, it got pretty Oh, sure. Weird. But aside from like the major event in that series, they're, they're, they play it, they trickle it out yeah. a lot slower than this. This is just a fucking fire hose of weird. Yeah. All over you. Like, I, I don't. No, I, if so, so, they can turn the corner on this, but we'll see. Well, here's one thing. I think that they were, it felt like that they were said, I think a lot of people expected, first of all, I didn't expect this uh, Dr. Manhattan keeping Ozymandias in some kind of interdimensional prison thing. I didn't it, think that had legs at all. No, apparently the internet nailed str it. Strong implications that that's what's going on here. Yes. Um, there's some kind of, I, I don't, I, I don't know how to explain it, but like that, that game warden or the, mm -hmm. the, the gamekeeper uh, referring to Ozymandias's incarceration, there's yep. there's terms of I think yeah there's confirmation that he is in fact Ozymandias. Which yeah, some people were speculating he was Doctor Manhattan. I think that's off the table. I mean, there's a I mean, there's a couple other possibilities. Like maybe this was a deal he worked out with the world leaders. Um, he himself designed a prison. It, 
Yeah, kind of like uh, what went on with uh, who was that guy? Not El Chapo, but uh, oh, Pablo Escobar. Pablo Escobar. How uh-huh. he like dictated the terms of his own imprisonment and went yeah. to this like lavish place that had like fucking hippos Have him and build his own private prison mansion. Right, yeah. right, and you know, fully complied with searches and whatnot. But they're all mm-hmm. bullshit. I-, I wonder if there's if, if there's still something else that's that's kind of weird there that we're supposed to understand. But mm-hmm. yeah, like. So so I think a lot of people probably saw that as like a late season reveal because people were talking yeah. yesterday as, uh, or the last episode about how, you know, you have the, the, the cake and had one candle too. It's going to take seven episodes. Well, in th- mm-hmm. third episodes, we've already kind of figured that out. So I don't think Damon Lindelof is going to – it indicates that he's not like resting like any of these kind of early theory craft and there's no like one twist that's going to be the, – the, the plot's going to like depend on. Yeah, I certainly hope not. Uh and but, man, at the same time we're barreling through this show. I mean, we're third of the way through. Mm-hmm. This is Act One over and done. So you gotta get you gotta start to answer some of these questions now. Well, I'm very curious to hear this new podcast with Lindelof and Mason, yeah. um, the guy who who produced the uh, Chernobyl uh, show that we like so much. Yep. Like those those two filmmakers talking. It sounds like they're going to be three special podcasts, and it sounds like maybe they're every third episode. um like you know if there's like there's big three acts or whatnot i'm very curious to see like how in-depth they talk Mm -hmm. and how like uh how close to the vest uh, lindelof is playing his cards because like i said there's just a lot of interesting contradictions um uh and the the the, what do you think about the scene with angela and uh laurie kind of like squaring off about finding out what they know i love how yeah i liked it I, I thought it was hilarious how kind of a matter of fact Lori is about like, yeah, you know, my dad had a hidden compartment in his closet. So I just something I like to try and it pans off, uh, pans out every once in a while. Yeah. Uh, but she knows Angela knows. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved her like reverse interrogation of looking glass. Like she's got this ability to just really cut these people down to size. Same thing when she in, in, in interrupted like pirate Jenny and the red scares shakedown of whatever this dude was like she just yeah has zero respect for these guys she doesn't give a fuck she it almost seems like in some ways dr manhattan is like rubbing off on her Hmm. uh like like his absence is like starting to yeah Hmm. make her question a lot of uh you know the things that were happening in her life 30 years ago she yeah just had all that time to dwell on it right yeah i just thought like i there's a lot of other interesting pieces of dialogue like i liked her squaring off with pd and like you know her trying to like roll tough yeah. on pd like oh you're just a fanboy and he's like excuse me i've got doctorates in this shit and i'm a serious mm-hmm. historian i am not a fanboy and then they end up sleeping together at the end of the episode <laughs> Uh yeah, like in yeah. This this like, Keen Keen being abducted by the seventh cavalry. Okay. The nadir of this episode for me was this part part because it seems obvious to me just from what they've tried to show and who uh that that it seems like uh Keen was getting too closely associated with these the seventh cavalry, so they staged some bullshit thing. Hmm. Um but I really I don't know. I don't like the heart detector bluff. Like if you're going to rig I mean, something, it wasn't staged. I mean, well, but if you're going to, if you're going to rig a heart detector up, why would you rig it to something that's got a 30 second audible delay? Like it's, mm-hmm. am I watching a television show or is this a video game that I'm I'm I've got a quick time event that I can? Yeah, didn't does that? Oh I, yeah, no, it felt wrong. Yeah. Uh, also, like if Angela screams, get down or get away, and it explodes and like does something. 
like that, but I, I mean, the man has like the most invasive, severe version of a dead man switch, but he also doesn't have a dead man switch in his hand, right? Which is a little puzzling. Yeah, I, I, I felt like that. I don't know. It's like it's it's obviously a cute scene because I think yeah, I'm yeah. just so understanding this is kind of a put on, and like maybe that was part of Lori's bluff, but I don't know. It's it's the cutest intentionally cute scene I've seen in a in a while. Yeah, kind of too. Someone say too cute. I'd say too cute. No, I think this this episode does a good job of introducing Laurie Blake, though, uh, or or sort of in- reintroducing Laurie Bra- Blake as a new thirty year on version of her character. Yeah, you get the sense like through through so much of this dialogue and especially this joke metaphor, which I'm not quite sure I understand the ending yeah. of. Uh, but you get sort of her relationship with crime. She's very very tough on it, right? She mm. has zero compunction about sending these people to hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and even killing God, mm-hmm. if it comes to that, and I, and everyone deserves I don't know where it. They're going with both that. of her former lovers, Adrian Veidt, God yeah. himself, mm-hmm. yeah. And it'll be interesting to see her interact with these characters. This car is clearly Angela Bar mm-hmm. uh, Abar's car, right? Yeah. So it's not space junk, Doctor. I think the other thing that's funny about this episode is Doctor Manhattan probably didn't have anything to do with this event. No, she's just looking up at what I assume is in TV speak Mars. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, a big yeah. orange star sure. looking yeah. thing. I mean, Mars yeah. is definitely distinctive in the sky if you know what you're looking for, but and it's not it's that red, but it's yeah, it's not a fucking <laughs> laser pointer up there, right? Uh, but I, I want that because that's kind of interesting. How you had this random coincidence that someone assigned some kind of significance to, um, which to me says that like whatever ship grabbed it took. Uh, will out and then mm-hmm. brought it back over and dropped this is tw- it. This full twenty four hours later, right? right? This At is least way way later. It's possibly no. I think it's they're, they're pretty clear. I don't know, man. Like like Looking Glass apparently just worked a monster shift of interrogating everyone in Nixonville. Yeah. It's there to like early hours. I, I think we're supposed to understand that this is pretty much exactly twenty four, maybe forty eight hours after Will got uh, sent up into the sky magnet. Yeah. So I mean, it's supposed to also connect, I think, with the the brick metaphor and or that that joke, but I don't know how. I gotta I gotta think about it a little bit more before Tuesday. And it's it's interesting how adversarial the FBI is to the Tulsa Department. Like you know, uh, uh, J, uh, she she came in there like wanting to do exhume the chief, which would have pissed everybody off, and do a talk screen. I mean, it, it, she's she's pointing to a lot of um, sloppy policemanship trying to protect the police's chief, the, the police chief's mm-hmm. secrets. It looks like yeah. to me, like they don't like you know. Well, what if he had cocaine in the system? What would that have to do with the fucking Seventh Cavalry? But everybody's like really, really being kind of like JFK autopsy levels of shady about this stuff. Yeah how how do you think she knows all the identities? of these masks. I'm assuming that cops. part of the, it's got like, if this legislation's not just completely fucking insane, then the police identities are known. They're just like sealed by some court order. Yeah. So presumably the FBI could, you know, see, see that it's kind of like having a conviction expunged. It's like, it doesn't go away. Mm-hmm. It's just very, it's, it's, it's hidden and, and harder to find, you know, but then again, it's like, that's the other thing I've like, how They've they've alluded, made all these gestures to like the the system the police uses to like protect their own identities. Like you know they have covers, they have cover assignments. But like, how does that actually practically work? 
how do they drive? Uh, how do they switch into their police costumes? How do they keep from being tailed? Like, it seems like if the Seventh Cavalry has enough manpower, it's pretty easy to pierce that veil. Mm-hmm. Or if there are these records, just get a Seventh Cavalry person on the inside and feed that stuff out. Yeah. Like, it seems like like uh, if you want to kill a bunch of cops, it should be like, like instead of kill them at home, just kill them in the field or like here where they're all massed together for a funeral mm-hmm. or whatnot. I don't know. It seems like a soft. These these cops seem like softer targets than maybe they thought, and maybe that's a theme. It could be. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you you give up so much freedom in having these guys be masks, but how much mm-hmm. like you know security are you buying? That's the that's one of the age old questions, right? Yeah, I think one of the themes is going to be that the masks are not necessarily the solution. Mm-hmm. Uh, fighting fire with fire may not be the way to go. It's interesting. Uh, it's, it's, can we talk about Adrian's uh, weirdness? Because I thought it was interesting yeah. that the game warden had a mask on himself. He did. And by the end of it, uh, like Adrian Lone Ranger and, and Adrian has gotten his mask in mm-hmm. just like the old days. You know, the, the, the bandits started dressing up in masks. So the cops responded. It's just like call and response. Uh, what the fuck is he doing with Mr. Phillips? How is he sending him into space? Man, like weather balloon, that fucking catapult. Is he trebucheting <laughs> this guy in some, the lower yeah, orbit? Some kind of gear with ropes and yeah. pulleys. I, I don't know, man. I don't know, but he comes back frozen, frozen solid. <laughs> His whole fucking shit, shit, fuck, motherfucking shit. shit. Yeah. Uh, you know, I. It's so weird. <laughs> it's very weird. Uh, so, so is 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 Ozzy <laughs> looking to have a confrontation with Doctor Manhattan? Is that what he's aiming for? Like, okay, maybe he can't get off this place, but maybe he can at least talk to Doctor Manhattan. Yeah, it seems like the play and what this this game he's making is some kind of way to contact him or draw attention or get in his good yeah. graces or something it's yeah it's, it's like the, we hypothesized last week this is some kind of empathy play yeah. uh that that he wants to get in front of dr manhattan and yeah maybe if dr manhattan for 30 years of imprisonment or whatever yeah if the big blue guy has uh has exiled him into some kind of black hole prison this is his yeah. like blue phone booth way of getting a hold of him <laughs> right speaking of blue and manhattan uh <laughs> what power tool is Lori packing here holy shit uh yeah that 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 is uh like the like the TARDIS. It's a lot bigger on the out I don't know. I I I was trying to make a Doctor Who joke here. It's it's a big blue fucking weapon. You gotta imagine those are just sold online everywhere. Sure, but are everywhere. they everywhere? Not why are they for novelty purposes or No. People taking the Manhattan challenge. Yeah. Yeah. It's a it's a dark YouTube thing. <laughs> It's like the Tide Pod Challenge or uh-huh. the Cinnamon Challenge. It's the Ice Bucket Challenge. The Ice Bucket Challenge, the yeah. Manhattan Challenge. All right. <laughs> uh, you know it. I mean, you do that on YouTube, you should you should raise a lot of money for some kind of charity. <laughs> uh, what else do we have to talk? I mean, this is that just There's a, implications this... or hints that the Russians might be trying to create yeah. a Dr. Manhattan yeah. with this intrinsic field generator. Red Manhattan. He's yeah. just a giant red dick walking around. Could be. Yeah, you got a new product. Uh, bad dragon <laughs> bad manhattan <laughs> yeah got a new product uh i like the concept of like a um vigilante bust mm-hmm. like the fbi stages a, a bank robbery just to draw out the batman guy I, see i was Mr. so convinced Shadow. during those scenes that we were in american hero story mm. i was so convinced that this was like some portrayal of some ridiculous it, if it wasn't for gene scenario. smart if it wasn't for gene smart i would have i that yeah. i, I could have bought that too but no, it turns out because because it seemed a little too ridiculous. I don't know. 
I don't know. This, epi- this episode opened with a scene that I thought was a little over the top, a little mm-hmm. silly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of poured a lot more of that on. Mm-hmm. And so I'm really hoping, like, I, I liked episode two so much because we got a lot of character development with Angela and with mm-hmm. some of our other characters. This one didn't have much of that. Where I mean, this is the introduction of of Gene Smart's Lori Blake. Sure. And there's a lot of... And there's some of that in there, but there's so much weird stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of... Um, we saw uh, references to Lady True and the True organization. They right. built this big millennial clock. Uh-huh. Dooms- I, I'm assuming some kind of doomsday tribute clock. Yeah. There's a lot of like ties. It loves back. avocado toast. Holy shit, does it love it? <laughs> there's a lot of uh, ties to the Watchmen source material. Like uh, you, you know, so there's that Black Freighter Hotel. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lori straight up quotes uh, uh, Rorschach and telling of her joke about the like good joke roll on snare drum, etc. Uh-huh. Um, there's a there's there's just a ton of those things. Uh, yeah, I. Hmm. The Blue Booth Network is that a take on Bluetooth? Yeah, like probably. Your commu- communication protocol. Sure. I sure. Mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, These they seem like uh, sort of prayer booths. What do you think they're hinting at with the fact that you can? Okay, so this is really nerdy, but like I looked it up, and it's it's like a hundred eighty second round trip uh, or one way trip for light to travel to Mars, and they're saying that what Doctor Manhattan will get this in like thirty eight seconds. Hmm. Um, is so like is that notable that we have like six times faster in light communication? How will that? How does that factor in any kind of technological calculus we're doing? I don't know. It's it's a thing to keep an eye on, I suppose. I guess the other thing is we didn't make a big deal of it, but they absolutely confirmed that uh, Ozymandias is Ozymandias and Adrian Veidt and like Adrian Veidt. Yeah, the whole man, yep, same like in, 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 unless you want to start trotting out that like this is a diluted British version of Ozymandias, then. Uh-huh. But I mean, they gave you the Doctor Manhattan quantum imprisonment, so I'd I'd take what you can get. Uh, yeah, I I I don't have a lot to add other than how fucking weird it all was. No, I'm gonna have to think through this uh, metaphor of the brick mm-hmm. uh, before Tuesday's podcast, so I can really understand this episode. But it seems like it's like uh, it's talking about a young girl, and that's always been kind of like how Lori is portrayed. Like you know, sometimes literally in the story, she's like a, a young child in the in the various flashbacks. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if it's something about like her impact on the plot. Yeah. Uh, that she's like, she says she eats good guys for breakfast. She's like taking down all these like quote, quote unquote heroes. Uh, I wonder if she's the brick thrower. Pretty hilarious of, uh, keen in that hotel scene to like tell her that masks save lives Mm -hmm. when he's, he's like, Look, this is like Lori Blake. This whole fucking thing—it's history repeating. It's like so fucking weird, right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, the criminals are wearing masks, so we need to have a masked vigilante force. Oh, we need to outlaw that vigilante force because I guess they're too strong or whatever. We don't like them anymore. The public has turned on them. Yeah. Oh, now we need masks again for the police officers. Oh, let's get Red Scare. Let's get Pirate Jenny. Yeah, Sister Knight. Like, yeah, it's just a little bit of history repeating. Yeah, history does does repeat itself a lot in real world real life and i i wonder what exactly they are trying to get at because uh, obviously yeah. they're trying to get at a lot of things and some of it's been pretty easy you know some of the like switcher switcheroo stuff they pulled in the real world versus like the 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 watchman world but this mm. episode it's not as clear what what they're trying to get at 